Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Thank you so much. Somebody said to me this morning, Philly, you're not all disappointed having to leave Newcastle this morning. I said, I can't wait to get home. And I love Newcastle and knew it was amazing, but there's no place like home. I was so looking forward to church this morning, and um, I have to go back up to do a bit of packing and stuff, but there we go. Um, we, oh, we get the, I'm not going anywhere, don't worry. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> We're on the theme of the Holy Spirit, welcome Holy Spirit, as you know, and um, we, over the next three Sundays from here on, next Sunday I'm going to be talking to you about the gifts of the Spirit, and then I think Dave's doing the next one, and then Rick's doing the one after that. We're doing three weeks on the gifts of the Spirit, and I'm going to paint you a bit of a picture next week on the different giftings in the Bible. There's a Romans 12, there's 1 Corinthians 12, and there's Ephesians 4. There's about 23 different gifts in the Bible, and they're not, sometimes I think people get mixed up in what are the gifts, what are the gifts of the Spirit, what are the gifts of the Father, and what are the gifts of the Son, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit to um, sort of outline that next Lord's Day. But what I want to do this morning is talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. What better day could you do that on, on Pentecost Sunday, the day that we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit to planet Earth to stay? In the Old Testament, he came on specific people for specific times and for specific reasons. So he would come and leave. He would come and leave. He would come and leave. But in, the, in, in Acts 2, he comes and he stays. He's been here ever since. That's the most incredible thing. And so we all can be filled. Um, according to Joel chapter 2, which was the old prophet who um, prophesied that young and old, male and female, um, uh, all races would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I told this story a little bit a few weeks ago, and I want to highlight it because it's a story around Christmas time, and I love Christmas time. It's one of my favorite times of the year, and if you remember some years ago before internet and all of that, there used to be catalogs. You remember the big catalogs? And we used to get the catalog at Christmas, and our kids would go through the catalog, and they would circle everything. It didn't make any difference with the circle, by the way, but they would circle everything, and, they would, and this would go on for weeks and weeks leading up to Christmas. And, and my son, Philly, who's 35 now, he, um, he wanted this climbing car. It was a bit of a Jeep thing, and um, you could stack all these books up, and this, this Jeep would climb over these hills, you, like when they advertised it, it was climbing up hills and mountains. We just didn't have any of those in our living room. And, um, and so we would stack these books up and all of that. And so with the day come and the car arrived and he unpacked it, he was full of excitement about this car. He takes the car out, he takes the remote out, and then the dreaded thought happened, no batteries. Back in the day when shops didn't open on Christmas Day, when you couldn't go any... So we were doing these phone calls. Anybody got these... It wasn't actually double A's. It was the big batteries. I can't even remember what they called them. But, um, you know, it was, anybody got any batteries? Anybody got any batteries? Realized we had no batteries. So Christmas Day and Boxing Day, we ended up pushing this car around on our own steam. 
There was no excitement in it at all. Um, it actually got very boring. You've got the gift you're waiting on, but it's absolutely no power, no batteries. And without the power, it's just a good-looking toy that can do what it's designed to do. And when I think about the church today, I think a little bit about a church that maybe lacks the power that's really needed. I've told the story many times of a friend of mine who lost a leg in an accident and when we were working, and he lost his leg right up to the top, no stump, so they, 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 they had no swing, they had no stump for the artificial limb, and so they, it was all straps and all of that kind of thing, and so he had a profound limp, and he would walk with this profound limp, and um, uh, he, believe it or not, he had 10 kids, and he said to me one day when I was a little boy, there were loads and loads of girls, and then ended up with two boys, and his little boy, youngest boy, whenever he was born, um, my friend was, had, would, would walk with this profound limp. And he said to me one day, we were in the lorries, and he said to me one day, he said, uh, Phil, you never believe this, but he says, my wee boy started to walk. And he says, he's walking like this. Yeah. Because, he see, he was walking after the model, his nearest model of him, so they had a bit of work to do there to teach him how to walk properly. And so the problem is there's so many there's so many things out there that I think the church is looking at and missing the moment, missing what really is going on, looking at the wrong thing and modeling themselves in the wrong thing. And so when Jesus is about to go back to heaven, and literally his final words on planet earth are recorded in Acts chapter 1. Literally, just after he says these words, he is taken up into heaven. Two angels appear and said, why are you looking up into heaven? The same Jesus will so come in like manner as you've seen him go. But his final words, before that all happens, he says, you will receive power. Because the, the disciples are questioning him. The disciples saying, are you going to set up your kingdom now? Are you going to come in your white charger and take everything over now? Is this the time? And he says, it's not for you to know the times and seasons. But he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And he says, you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It always amazes me that when we speak about the Holy Spirit, everybody jumps to the gifts. We jump right away to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're, whether positively or negatively, by the way, um, that's where we jump first and foremost. It's like some people are saying, oh, gifts, what about these gifts? I'd love some of those. Some people are saying, well, I'm not dead sure about them, and I'm not even dead sure I really want them. So wherever you are on the spectrum, wherever you are in that, before we get there, I think it's important to notice how Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit to planet Earth and to his disciples. And these, again, I say, are the very last words that he would speak. You will receive power. Power for what? But power to be my witnesses. My witnesses were. Well, locally in Jerusalem, nationally in Judea and Samaria, and internationally, right to the very ends of the earth. Jesus is saying that the Spirit's going to show up. He's going to give you something. He's going to give you power. He's going to put batteries in you, and he's going to give you the power to go here, there, and everywhere, and that's his main purpose. Stop thinking about giftings all the time. This is his main purpose, to give representation to Jesus all over the world. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit, all right? So wherever, again, I said, wherever you fall on the spectrum of the gifts of the Spirit, which, by the way, are beautiful things. 
gifts of prophecy and tongues and words of wisdom and words of knowledge and healing and discernment, on and on. And as we'll unpack these over the next three Sundays. And wherever you land on them, wherever you land on them, I think that the church has been guilty of overhyping them while underdeveloping the power. And that's the danger, all right? Because um, the fundamental thing that the Holy Spirit does is release power into our lives, all right? It empowers us to be a witness, empowers us to be a witness. So my fear is that we uh, can have a church then has, that has a form of godliness, as Timothy talked about, but no power. And uh, good looks good, all the bells and whistles, but no batteries, all right? And um, have you ever thought about this question? Have you ever thought about, um, I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable this morning, all right? I'm going to live, not that I'm ever dishonest, all right? Try not to be, but I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable this morning because I was thinking about this all the week. I was thinking about, have you ever thought about could you do what you do without the Holy Spirit? Could you actually do what you do without the Holy Spirit? If, be really honest with yourself, because I've been honest with myself this week, and it's hard to own up to it, it is. But I've been doing this for 50 years. I have a bit of experience at it. I can bluff it the best ever you've seen. And, um, and if the truth be told, um, I think I could do what I do without the Holy Spirit. Frightened me, actually, the truthful answer to that. I think I could do, I, I think I could bluff it the best I've ever seen. I know I'd only be able to do it for a while, but I could do it. And I think um, so could you. Because you see, we've got the experience, we've got the life skills, and. Um, Oftentimes what we do is we end up pushing the car about without the batteries. And uh, so my question to you is, could you do your job without the Holy Spirit? So just in case you're pointing the finger at me, could you do your job without the Holy Spirit? Teacher, car mechanic, architect, Tesco worker. Could you do your job without the Holy Spirit? Um, because and when was the last time you got down on your knees at the start of a day and said, Holy Spirit, as I go to my shop to work today, can you fill me? I loved doing the life stories last summer, and one of them that sticks out for me was Melanie Norton. And Melanie Norton said that she stands in her classroom every morning and says, invites the Holy Spirit to come and fill her day, to fill her, her, her mouth with good things, that she can give her day over that. That caught me. And so maybe this is why witnessing is at an all-time low in the church today because it's become ever so consumeristic. No batteries, no power, no witness. And uh, we just get so confident in life. And our confidence is just in self, which isn't that awful reliable. That's not a malicious thing, I'm sure. Mine isn't. It's not a malicious thing. It's just we get comfortable in ourselves. And, um, and, and so let's be honest with ourselves today. Let's be honest, all right? We can do our thing, I think, sometimes without the power and the fuel of the Holy Spirit. And the problem is just become like my son, Philly's car for Christmas. Nice toy, but no power, all right? Can move in my power, but not nearly at 
in the power it was intended to roll in. All right? So our witness then begins to move at the speed, our speed, instead of God's speed. And again, I said, that's why I think witnessing is at an all-time low in the church. So this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means to be a witness. What does it mean to be this witness? And again, I want to openly confess to you that at times I've been guilty of running vast portions of my life without that infilling power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's important to understand that, all right? When I, and, and here's the thing. When I, when I got my car, there's a fuel tank in my car, believe it or not. I was telling Warwick and, and, and Paul that I was coming down from Newcastle today and petrol is 190, I think I spied it as far as 192. Um, unbelievable. Sorry, I was just by the way. Um, but there was a fuel tank in my car, but it wasn't filled. I had to fill it and you have to keep filling it. And that's what we're like. We're like, we've got a fuel tank fitted. We are people who need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we need to be constantly filled. We were talking about this in our life group a few, um, the last one, and I was saying about you know, one, of the, one of our folks were saying, well, whenever you, whenever you get saved, are you not filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, yes, that's right. But if you can imagine a glass of water and if you could fill that glass of water, I meant to have this up today, but if you could fill that glass of water to the brim, then the glass is full of, of water. Imagine then taking that glass of water and setting it into a bathtub full of water. I'd go further than that and say, what about setting it into the Atlantic Ocean? So not only is the water in the glass, but now the glass is in the water. And my question is, how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? How much of you have you given over? How much of what part of your life are you holding back that you run without the batteries because you think you can do it better than he can do it? Or at least you've got comfortable in doing it your way and so you hold that part back. I give this part to him on Sunday, but I won't give that part to him on Monday. And so it's important we understand this. And so I want to talk to you about three things this morning, three quick things. First thing is a witness is called. A witness is called. If anybody comes and gives you a prophetic word and says there's a call of God in your life, if you're born again, then say, bully for you, thanks, mate. Of course there's a call in your life. Every believer is called. We are called to ministry. So this job I do isn't just ministry. Your job is ministry. Every single believer is called to ministry. So welcome to ministry this morning. Welcome to the ministry of your schoolroom this morning. Welcome to the ministry of your workplace this morning. Because every believer is called to do two things. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. Every believer is called to do those two things. Wherever you go, whatever job you do, wherever you walk into tomorrow, you have a call in your life to do two things. Love God and love people. Love God and love people. Love God and love people. And what the Spirit will do is help you live that out. And he'll help you live that out in three ways. He will convict you, he will comfort you, and he will search you. Now, let, let's talk a wee bit a minute or two about convicting you. Again, uh, um, he's always speaking. Hear me in this. He is always speaking. But sometimes the volume of your life is so loud you can't hear him. I've, I, I, we live in such a busy world, don't we? The volume so high. And fear is telling you this. The news is telling you something else. Your anxiety is telling you something else. Your bitterness is saying this to you. 
People are telling you this. And wouldn't it be lovely if you could just turn the volume down a little bit of your busy life and listen to the voice of the Spirit, listen to what God is saying. The voice of God sounds like the Word of God. The voice of God sounds like the Word of God. And if you open it up and allow it into your life, it will convict you. It won't condemn you. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So it won't condemn you. So don't fear that, but it will convict you. Amen. I'm navigating my health a little bit at the moment, high blood pressure, um, and um, thinking a lot about getting older and carrying a wee bit too much weight. And it's interesting when the doctor, I knew I was in trouble a couple of weeks ago when the doctor said, would you step on the scales? I knew right away I was in trouble. And I'm one of those people who tune an idea and put on weight. And um, some people are like that. And I'm on a bit of a journey at the mo. And, um, and I, over the last couple of weeks, I've been beginning to realize how much my eating actually is related to my emotions. I never really thought much about that. Food to me is like a warm blanket on a cold night. I love food. And, um, and I've noticed that when stress knocks on my door, I knock on the fridge door. Um, and why am I telling you this? I'm not really sure, actually, by the way. No, I'm telling you because I've spoken to God about this because I thought I'd take this to him. And, um, and as I talked to God about it, I began to get some gentle conviction. Not condemnation, but some conviction. And um, the conviction was around um, noticing how many times I actually grab for food when I'm not hungry. And, um, and this week I felt the Lord say to me, you're grabbing for stuff to do what I can do. You're grabbing for stuff to do what I can do. I can fill your soul. And, um, and when you seek the love of God and you love others well, you listen to his voice for conviction. That's what he does. He begins to convict you about little things going on in your life. But he not only does that, thankfully, he comforts you, all right? He comforts you. This verse, this is one of my many verses in the Bible, but this verse blows my mind. Be anxious for nothing. Stop worrying about life. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request, request to God. And then listen to this. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. We miss that line sometimes. The peace of God, which will blow your mind. The peace of God that your rational mind couldn't actually figure out. The biggest crisis of your life at the minute could be going on and you could be at peace. <laughs> the peace of God could flow. Because what does he say? He says it will guard your heart and your mind. Listen to it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God begins to flow. The peace of God, which, which your mind, it just bends your mind out of control because you cannot figure this peace out. It will flood you, and it will guard your heart and your mind. And then not only does he um, convict us and comfort us, he searches us. This is what the Holy Spirit does. 
The Holy, I love this verse here too. The Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God. You ever notice that? Not a, not a cracker verse. It, 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 it explores and examines everywhere. It begins to search you. I've told this story many times. Bear with me if you've heard it before. Um, Dave and Al make fun of this. Actually, Dave and Al had a competition to see if they could tell it better than me recently. And, um, and, uh, I, but years ago, I was at a, when, when our girls know we're small, and Philly was small, we went to a, we were in holidays, and we went to a pottery works. We went, this old lady was making a pot and she was at her feet going in this spinning wheel and, the, and she put the clay in the pot and she would pump and then she would put her hands in the water and she'd, she'd make this clay and she would pull this clay up into something and began to mold from just a lump of clay into something actually that, oh wow, there's a pot, vase, vase, vase. Um, here it's beginning to grow. And, up, and, she would, and she would mold this, it was beautiful. And she'd wet her hands, she'd mold it. And it was just about, when, it was, when I would say it was finished, when it was just about perfect, she did a strange thing. She put her hands back in the water and um, she put her hands into the pot. And, and as she put her hands into the pot, she knocked a lip off and she would go back and she'd fix that lip and then she'd go back in and she'd take the clay out and she'd wet her hands, she'd take the clay out and she'd take, and being a preacher, the Lord speaks to you, but my kids say, Dad, if, if you run an amber light, you get a message. And um, it's kind of true. Um, and I felt the Lord speak to me and say, Wow, that's, that's incredible because outward, the, the, the outward's character, what we see, outward's character, inward's capacity. And the Holy Spirit searches us. He goes in to see what our capacity is. He goes to the bottomless things of God. And you see, when, when, when you ask, invite the Holy Spirit in and he begins to convict you, it's not not that comfortable when he does that. That's why he does have to come in and comfort you. Um, but then he begins to search you. And that's not an easy thing either. And he begins to go deep into your life and he begins to say, well, Phil, I don't think that's great in there. I think that needs to come out. Well, what good's a pot if it doesn't hold something? What good's a pot if it just looks good sitting in the mantelpiece? It needs to hold something. And so in he goes and he takes out that's why you, those of you in the counseling world will understand that doing these courses p pushes you to deal with your own stuff. For those of you who have done those will know level one. I did level one counseling. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Level two, I thought I was going to die. That's the truth. Nearly killed me because what happened was that I allowed the Holy Spirit to begin to search me. All the stuff that I tucked away all through my life because I hadn't time. You're on the run. Tuck that away. Tuck that away. That hurt. Don't deal with that. Don't deal with that. Don't deal with that. And then you go to a counseling course. All of this stuff, boom, and up it comes. And um, the problem is that you start, you, you have to deal with that stuff. Here's the problem. Some of you are frustrated with this because it's tethered to this. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Some of you are frustrated with this because it's tethered to this. And when we untether this, we begin to realize that this frustration wasn't really what you were frustrated about at all. It was something like an iceberg under the water that you just hadn't dealt with years ago because we had put it into compartments like the elephant tethered to the post. I'm sure you saw the pictures where they can tether the elephant to a, 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 a plastic chair just because it sees the rope, it thinks it can't get away. Or the ants in a jar, keep the lid on. The ants jump, hit their head on the, the lid. Then you can take the lid off. They'll never do it again. 
some of us are like that in life, and we need, we need the Holy Spirit to come and search us and allow us to deal with those things. This is why the cry of the psalmist was so important. Search me, O God. In this beautiful Psalm 139, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. See if there's any anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So the Holy Spirit convicts you, he comforts you, and he searches you. Why? So you can be a great witness for him everywhere you go. You can tell of his power and his might. What, and that's what strengthens your relationship. And as I say, when you, when you get untethered from this, you actually begin turning up better in your workplace. You, you begin turning up better in relationships. And that's what strengthens your relationship with God. And it strengthens your relationship with others, helping you to love God and love others, which is your calling. And without the fruit of this, without, without this, without the power of the Holy Spirit, then the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, and peace, and self-control have no batteries in them. We've got them all right. I've got love, joy, and peace. But if they're not empowered by the Holy Spirit, then you say, well, Phil's a real nice guy, but maybe he just got me in a good day. If there's no power, all right? So every, every, every witness has a calling. Every witness has an assignment, all right? A witness is a calling, love God, love others, but they also have an assignment. Remember in our verse, the calling wasn't just to be a witness, but it was a sign to go somewhere. He says, I want you to be a witness here, I want you to be a witness there, and I want you to be a witness there. There was an assignment. So um, we are sent ones, all right? Sent into our workplaces, sent into our spheres of influence. And if we realized that, we didn't just go to live in an area, we were sent to live in an area. If we began to realize that we just didn't actually go to work there, we actually got sent there. We began to realize that the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, so if you're a teacher here, that is your assignment, it's not your calling. It's your assignment. It's, it, your calling is to love God, love people, no matter what you do, no matter where you are. But your assignment is where your place, where you live that out. So when people, want, say, when people come and say, well, I'd love to get involved in ministry, I ask them, well, you're in ministry. Go into the ministry of engineering. Go into the ministry of graphic designing. Go into the ministry of coffee shop ministry. Go to the Tesco checkout ministry. Get into ministry. Start to love God, love people wherever you are, and God will give you an assignment in your workplace. He'll bring people alongside you wherever you are. You don't need to be a Christian artist, all right? You can be an artist who's a Christian, and that's really important. Do your work to the glory of God. We've all been sent as salt and light, sent to be witnesses for him. And lastly, we finish this off. A witness walks by the Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, I got Dave and Rick up here, and Dave in the first service, Rick in the second service, to follow my footsteps. And um, this is what Paul was saying in Galatians 5 when he said this. So I said, walk by the Spirit, and you won't gratify the lusts or the desires of the flesh. It's actually a military term, believe it or not. And um, it's the connotation of keeping in step with the person you're walking beside. And so when you see soldiers walking and keeping in step, that's what this means, walk by the Spirit. So you're walking by the Spirit, you're watching his step, watching his step, walking, watching his step, watching his step, watching his step, not looking all around you, 
not looking all around you because then you're just going to trip or you're just going to get out of step. But you're watching him walking by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit. What would it mean for you to live each day with your eyes so fixed on the power and the work and the leading of the Spirit that nothing else would distract your, distract your attention? That's, that's what it means to be a witness. He leads you down the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, and he gets all the glory when we do it his way. So when we recognize this, that uh, as a witness, we have a calling. Love God, love people. We have an assignment as sent ones to be salt and light wherever we're at. And we walk with such attentiveness to the Spirit that nothing of the world ever distracts us. And our prayer would be, let us become more aware of your prayer. Maybe we could sing that song, Stevie and the guys. Could you come and sing that song? Um, as we as we close off, and uh, allow us just to, um, yeah, just a moment to receive the power of the Spirit. Let's turn up, turn up at our workplaces as called ones on an assignment from the throne room of heaven. The King has called us, and uh, and here's the deal. Just like me, I'm being vulnerable today. I know you. Just like me, there are places where we lack awareness. There's places where we lack awareness that the Spirit of God, we haven't given him the full control and the power of the Holy Spirit. I know you're looking at Amber. I don't know what's going on in the McCullough household because, honest to goodness, um, the only one left standing in the moment is Warwick, but there you go. Um, <laughs> I told him if I were him, I wouldn't go out in the bike for the next couple of days. So, um, <clears throat> But uh, hair's good, isn't it? It's so good. I hope you're blessed this morning. I hope you're challenged this morning. I found this challenging. I know I'm dealing with some of my own stuff and I'm helping and being vulnerable with that to help you be vulnerable and be honest. So let's just close our eyes a minute. Let's be people who are receivers of that anointing. Maybe you're in here this morning. You just said, I'm tired pushing that car up and down them piles of books <laughs> it's just no fun anymore it's no fun just doing it in my own steam I'm just tired and I'm weary and um, I don't feel like uh, I have the energy to do it anymore that's why I said a few weeks ago people do all kinds of things they pretend they try harder some people just get tired and quit and I don't want you to do any of those things I just want you to relax rest in the presence of the Holy Spirit allow him to come put the batteries in guys put the batteries in allow him to empower you to be a witness when the Holy Spirit's flowing in your life you know it you just know it because it's it's, it's true it's true it's like rivers of living water that bubble up inside you and you, you can't not talk about them. You can't not tell people what's going on inside you. That's, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, just as we sing this song, may we sing it as a, a prayer. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Not just in a place, but in a person. Sing it as your own 
prayer today. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. One of the lines said, let us become more aware of your presence, God. So God, I just pray right now a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit in every life and every heart. In Jesus' name. Let's stand and let's worship together and then uh, Laura will jump up and close us off and um, the Lord bless you this morning. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.